Hey there, it's John. We have a lot of cool t-shirts and glassware at stealthisbeard.com slash merch. So please check that out. And thanks as always to the Patreons who help keep the show going. You can join those cool cats at patreon.com slash stealthisbeer. And if you're in the greater New Jersey area, come out to Carton Brewing in Atlantic Highlands on Sunday, October 3rd at one o'clock in the afternoon. Our friend Jeff Allworth is hanging out and he's going to be selling and signing copies of a new edition of the Beer Bible. And we're going to be there hanging out, drinking, and you should really join us. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer over beer by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. Hey y'all, it's five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. Hey Augie Carton. Hi. Mr. I'm John Hall. Who I am say John, I'm John Hall. Hall. I'm usually, Hi, John. yeah, I'm John Hall of the New Jersey John Halls of the uh, various places, John Halls. Of the lower Middlesex County John Halls? Is that right? Uh, no, I'm, I'm upper Middlesex County. Oh, all right. You know, we're, we're north of DeDriscoll, so. That's where Middlesex County starts, though, isn't it? No. Isn't Old Bridge no, Middlesex where Middlesex County, County starts? Middlesex County, I think, straddles both ends. There's like that weird section, like Old Bridge and that. Yeah, Old that Bridge and little and uh, whatever Egg Harbor or Stinky Egg Harbor, whatever Lawrence Harbor, whatever that is. I have. And no then idea. that's that's the Middlesex border. Yeah, but that's further south than I am. I'm further north. It doesn't matter. You okay. Know, I'm just you know like I I'm what you know you you your people disparagingly call a Benny. Well, yeah, but. We call everybody a Benny. You can be from you can be from Belmar and you're a Benny on my beach. All right. I don't that's Irish the thing, need not apply. Is that uh, that's that that's the, that's the thing nobody seems to get about the Jersey Shore. Like we're really territorial. Like I don't go to Asbury Park between Memorial Day and Labor Day because it's because then I'd be a Benny. I'd be out of my town during summer. Yeah. We're very territorial. Anyway, our our accomplice du jour is James Quelly. Quelly, say it for me, James. Quelly. Quelly, right? But I'm, but I'm also a Benny, so you can time. just pronounce it. Badly. Oh boy, are you a Benny? You're from Staten Island. You're the worst <laughs> kind of Benny. They make TV shows about your kind of Benny. Um, I ain't that, I ain't that, that are based in New Jersey. Yeah, which is <laughs> weird. Yeah. Well, you're only a Benny when you're in New Jersey, John. You can't make a Benny show about people in their hometown. Well, they're 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 called townies. Right. Um. Anyway, anyway, how are you, James? Do you know that you have the honor of being the last person this group sat down with at Treadwell back in the old form of the show? I did not. I had hoped you guys snuck in a few more before the world shut down. But yeah, that we was... really didn't because between your episode and the world shutting down was like spring break for the children. So it was like, all right, see you all in three weeks. And then three weeks later, it was like, all right, what the fuck do we do now? Yeah, we'll see you all in 2022. <laughs> Yeah, and then well, John John came to my house once, and then we invented this form of the show. It's all full circle. You guys were my third from the last time in a bar for the better part in a year. I had two more that week, but you so you were the last good time I was in a bar. Right on. Hmm. To be fair, John Hall is always my last good time, so that makes oh. total sense to me. Thanks. Um, 
You know what? I did have one good time after you abandoned me in Denver. Yeah. Did you see the picture of me with the two liter boot of Ralph Beer and the schnitzel at? I did. I did. I did see that uh, when you were back at uh, at Beerstadt. Yeah. That. Well, I never left Beerstadt. It's after you left Beerstadt. It was fucking delightful. When we do, us. when we do this week in Ralph Beer, we must. We must go there and eat that and just say yum for 40 minutes in the microphones. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's get back to James. So, James, let's um, let's recap for the thieves, because we did keep the show going in a different form since last time. So they may be rusty. But I remember that where we left it. And I'll remind you, since you've been on the show, everything I remember is completely inaccurate. But you're basically a Gen X Raymond Chandler writing. Uh, mystery novels about LA crimes that involve cocktails and malls and lads and you know the fellas and some dames and maybe a twist. You know, basically you're just a a book writing, you know, 1950s journalist, right? I'm very down with this parody version of my life. I was gonna <laughs> say that's about 15% accurate. Which I mean, for it, me is it which for no, me that, is great for you it's it, yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a pretty <laughs> Right, pretty so good. Why don't, why don't you carefully straighten out my curves? What are you really? Because that's what I remember us discussing. And I was like, I love this guy. But of course, on the show, I remember we were drinking bourbon in a smoky room. <laughs> also didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of that was right. I think I got compared to Raymond Chandler <laughs> in, in one book review that I constantly cite <laughs> to impress people. Um, it was only one, though. Only one of one of them. Uh, I am a former reporter for the Star-Ledger back in New Jersey, where I was generally wandering the streets of Newark at wrong hours and did get punched out at a crime scene. So it's kind of in the same phylum exactly of what you were talking about. Nailed um, it. Yeah, you nailed, nailed it, it. Nailed it. Basically the same thing. Uh, now, I, <laughs> now I live out in uh, sunny, wonderful, uh, only an earthquake away from destruction, California, Yep. Uh, where I cover criminal courts for the Los Angeles Times. So now I mostly spend my time inside staring at celebrity defendants, uh, most recently Robert Durst, which was weird. Really? What did yeah. he do wrong? Him? Oh, nothing. He just uh, killed them all, of course. Some of you might have heard that phrase. <laughs> so uh, well, now, now, le- now, legally speaking, he has been convicted of killing one of them all, of course. So wow. But... That's tough. So that's that's fun and interesting. But you were on... Co- yeah. I, I mean, I mean, you did you did bring on the murder writer guy, so That's you know right. you're gonna have some death combo today. But yeah. I remember, I remember you had just released a book, and Kennedy, of course, in classic 2022 Kennedy fashion, told me I was getting a new book to read, and it never came. Kennedy, why would you so, lie? So I was Kennedy's told I was sent. I was told uh, things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, anyway, I did so mail talk, it. The, po- the postal service has been news. controversial lately, though. Um, so yeah, I have a. Uh, I do write novels. I read a series of, uh, well, I guess a series, two of them at least so far, uh, about a character named Russell Avery, who is a former crime reporter from Newark. I have no idea where I found that inspiration. Uh, he's ge- generally a, a laid-off reporter, kind of bumbling uh, private investigator in name only. Uh, the second book in that series is coming out in mid-October. It's called All These Ashes. Uh, and there's another him trying to either find his way back into journalism slash maybe deal with some police corruption slash deal with someone setting people on fire. Ooh. Now, was let's talk about process more than story. Was this 
planned to be around this time? Did this come out of the loneliness of COVID? Did the, you know what I mean? Like, like from last time we sat down to now, were you like, okay, I will do my next book and it will be being released at the end of 2021? Or were you like, well, I'm trapped here. I might as well sit down and start writing. How did all that go for you in, in your version of LA quarantine, which as far as I can tell from YouTube never really happened. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I, I might have comments on that. Um, <laughs> I, I had actually written the first 10,000 words of this book when I last saw you guys. Okay. Um, we didn't, i had always had a loose idea for a sequel to line of sight. This book is based off of a case that I don't know if John remembers or not was a pretty famous cold case in Newark. Uh, I had always wanted to write a, a short story, a novel, something that, you know, kind of worked with the elements of that story. Uh, there was a case uh, called the Clinton Avenue Five in Newark. Five teens went missing in the late 70s. Uh, they were never found. Uh, uh, and a, a man was arrested in 2012 for their killing. There was a claim that he had trapped them in a, in a row house and set it on fire, yeah. killing them. Uh, John, also, John does remember this. All right, I, oh, I had yeah. written about... I, 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 you would be sure part of why I wrote this book was because nobody knows this case, seemingly outside of North and Central Jersey. Um, well, and I, I'm horrifying. Central Jersey and I don't know it. So I'm a bad person, apparently. I, I, I don't know if you're a bad person. God damn it. Person. You know what, Augie? You are a bad person. <laughs> I should pay more attention. I think we all can agree on that. But uh, anyway, so go on, tell more of the story. And then, so do you believe the guy they convicted did it? Does that give you something to work with or, or? Do you just he was think, a, he was acquitted. He was never convicted. Um, yeah, but it's in, they, in did life. they ever convict somebody? No, no. This was the only person they ever they ever arrested tried. for it. Yeah, they'd always, always tried. I don't. I'd always just felt odd about this case. I'd interviewed the guy once. I had suspicions. I can't say that I obviously I don't don't know that I know what really happened. But in more recent years, I've been writing about a lot of more wrongful conviction cases out here. I've I've come across a few really insane cases of just past, you know, 1970s, 80s cases where police did something wholly incompetent or an informant lied or any other, you know, before people were paying a lot of attention to criminal justice and social justice issues, cases that would have been on CNN within a week that just nobody knew about back then. People yeah, right. spent 20, 30, you know, just, just insane wrongful conviction stories. And it always made me start thinking back to this case in Newark, both for the fact that it was just a horrible, horrible murder yeah. And on top of that, that there's serious questions as to whether or not the person they arrested actually did it. So I kind of wanted to combine those elements. Um, I had written the first, like I said, first about 10,000 words because we had to pitch it. I think we might have pitched it right around maybe the, the, the week before I last saw you guys. OK, but I, but I wrote the rest of it uh, during quarantine and went mildly insane doing that. So, um, yeah. I, tell I, me more about that, because because. All right, so, yeah, so, so let's you talk did, about your madness. That's dude, that's what drinking and talk is about, John. I understand. But um, but so 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 somewhere in there, as I'm hearing what you're laying down, I got myself confused. Because one you, you at some point I thought you said they think he locked them in a row house and lit it on fire, and then later you called it a horrible murder. Do we know that's what happened, or are you just saying that? five missing children that were never found is a horrible murder. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I want to know where we, what we know and what we think we know. There was never, they never found, they never had a crime scene. They never found okay. the bodies. This, this was a time in Newark uh, within the 10 years after there had been riots and the police and fire departments yeah. were devastated. So if there was an abandoned building on fire, they didn't respond to it. 
Um, Got it. So no, yeah. So uh, no, that th- this was all based on an informant's description, um, who was also getting a plea deal in the case. No one actually knows if this was the true right. method of the of the killing. Wow. All right. So so interesting. Yeah. It's and not to completely sidetrack stuff because I'm sure your book is very informative. And had Kennedy gotten it to me out of Reddit, we could talk about that. But I like you that know you're actually blaming this one on Kennedy when it is James who sent the book and it's the whatever postal service. Whatever. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's, the, it's, I, it's, I, there's it's gonna, 100%. There's going to be a dozen reasons to blame Justin for something at some point. Don't judge my art, John. John, don't Listen, judge my art. <laughs> there, there's, there's, a, there's a pile of my wedding invitations still in my living room because my local post office is the worst one in the United States of America. So I'm, defi- I'm definitely, Louis DeJoy, if you're listening, fix this. Um, <laughs> But um, he's too busy Clearly, setting me. One, see, one of our bigger. He's too listeners. busy setting me see and do letters <laughs> for O'Dub. Um. That's why you don't get your mail because you're on a list somewhere for violating copyright. Yeah, that's right. When they said cease and desist, I both ceased as ceased and desisted. So. All right. Um. All right. By the way, I sorry, too, but so I just want to throw something out there, um, because one of the symptoms of my COVID insanity being locked up was a if COVID was sixteen months, there was eight where I was just all I could think to do was watch TV, and it was like I was accomplishing something. The amount of Netflix boxes I was ticking off on my already viewed thing, but. One of the things that, so I was born in 70s. So a lot of this time you're talking about is terrible was like my zero through 10 years here in New Jersey. And I loosely remember little bits like, you know, the Bronx is burning 42nd street in the heyday of the porn days um, and all that. But the weirdest thing is there's these really fascinating hip hop documentaries on Netflix, like three or four of them that really seemed to contextualize hip hop from the disarray society was in the seventies in places like Newark in the Bronx. And when you say, when you describe that, I have a new context of looking at it that I picked up in the last year where they, they have like, you know, great footage from local TV in the seventies in those areas that somehow just, I don't remember being shown when I was living at the time watching TV. But just to throw that out there to everybody, I just think it's an interesting thing that came out of this documentaries on Netflix phase of entertainment. Anyway, let's get back to what you were saying. So, so here we are. We got these five day kids. It's always kind of bothered you. And in this day of, you know, everything's an unsolved mystery, you know, what's serial podcast, whatever thing you said, it just kept bringing you back and you thought there was a story to tell there. And then, how was this your leap versus how much of it were you trying to relay a narrative of that time and place and what was wrong? Uh, I mean, it was definitely more of a leap. The story doesn't, um, it's still, it's still same structure as the first novel. It's, it's first person it's in the present day. So we're reflecting on a lot of what, and also I, I changed, I, I flubbed the timeline in the book to make it something I could more relate to. So I actually had the kids um, disappear in the mid nineties. Okay. In the novel as opposed to it's inspired by the 70s case but it's mostly still uh looking back at you know how that case would have been covered in the media you know pre social justice movements how um it would have been handled by local police uh you know it's basically looking at it 
through that through that lens of it's it's the 90s most media i mean hell even when i first started the ledger is still pretty much going to take the cops at face value the idea that this could be a wrongful conviction doesn't come up um frankly black teenagers in newark going missing in the night i mean you're seeing it now again currently in the news with you know we are john is probably familiar with the phrase missing white woman syndrome so yep. we deal with that with what the media would have paid attention to and not and that has to do with the plot so we're still kind of playing with those not playing is the wrong word but you know looking at those time elements of dealing with something that happened 20, 30 years ago from a, a criminal justice perspective through the lens of now, but I don't really spend time hanging out in that time period. There's not flashbacks necessarily. There's not right. uh, POV changes. So we don't, we don't really do that. Fun. Okay. Let's talk about beer one and then we'll come back to, to sounds, sounds this good. conversation. I enjoy. So do you have it open? Did you get it? I have it right here. I have not cracked it yet, but I will do so if that's crack that mean, shit. Cause I'm crack I'm that shit. It. Crack that shit. What you sipping on? Um, Hall. Nice. Yes, sir. Yeah, I like it. So my first smell. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on. I, but wait, I need to know the rules because we don't have the the, the magical high tech well, black glasses. So, from last so time. John and I do have the magical. Yeah, high-tech we're drinking black, black glass. glass. We we usually suggest you just drink out of like a coffee mug or something. Just okay, something then, that obscures yeah. it, but it doesn't I mean, matter. I could do that. I was saying the if, color if not, and opacity. The color and opacity will not. You know, give away too much. We're looking for tastes. Like I can just, I can just drink but, out of a can if you want. I'm yeah, fine with that. That's too. fine yeah. too. That's fine too. If you, if you feel you can nose it well in a can. But um, so my, the first smell note to me was something like a green bottle noble hop. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't stick around long. No. Then I got some some pretty plain herbal notes uh-huh. and then i think i got somewhere in the sweeter farmhouse world so <clears throat> i feel like i feel like we're we're somebody's somebody's mixed culture saison on some pretty clean but small production um pilsner malt and a nice level of sweetness with the dryness of the yeast, you know, the, the dry finish. Or I would just drink this all day on a fall day, right, John? Yeah, no, and that's I, I don't necessarily get that sweetness, um, that herbaceousness that you were talking about. It almost has like a tea-like tannin to it. Um, Definitely. You know, Definitely. but it, but it's not, it, it's not coming across as tea. Like it's, it's aged hops. It's um, yeah. For me, this is definitely a farmhouse in, in that tradition, but it is, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily have the, the body or the full yeast structure that I think of when it comes to a Saison. So yeah, right, that's why I said mixed work. culture, but there is, but there is the more I've been getting into it, there's like little whiffs of like maybe banana, like maybe it's a, yeah, I think that's the like yeah. But yeah. So I, when I said that, what I meant by the small production malt is I just don't think. However, this malt was malt head. Yeah. Um, I don't think they made all of the, the maltose available to the yeast. I feel like some was under, under yeah. processed and therefore hung around post i also wonder it feels like it went as dry as it could but there is this little bump of sweetness in the middle i also wonder like if this could be like local malt like uh that's like what a i smaller mean smaller batch okay that's what i mean like if if 
if I was talking, if Evan had made this beer, Evan would have made this beer because it's not Evan enough. Uh-huh. But if had Evan had Evan made this beer and I talked to him about it, I think he'd be like, "Yeah, the um, I think you know, because Evan's always so so adept at at these insights that he never really talks about until you pry." But but yeah, I, I think you know, I think they I think this one stayed a little too wet too long and it didn't it didn't dry out perfectly. So I think there's some you know unfermented, you know un converted maltose and I'm like oh very interesting thanks bud you know what I mean like there's nothing I like better than those conversations but I could be wrong I don't know that's just I like that you're just having these theoretical conversations just (laughs) I said I said you're like you're like a one-man show he's 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 the detective on this episode exactly he's he's my the next Russell book actually is going to be <laughs> all, uh, he's going to solve a hop related mystery. Augie's going to be his main. I will land land race uh, right now. My fucking obsession is land race Tetninger. So make that the make that the overarching thing. But I actually said I sent Evan a text last night. I, I lit a fire in the fire pit. I was like, you know, I light a fire almost every weekend. I'd say nine out of ten. I was, as I light it, I say, I wonder if Evan shows up. <laughs> Okay. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm really, James. I'm, yeah, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm trying to. I had to go get a. You know, I had to go get a magic, a magic obscura glass. Anyway. Um, and All right. So where are you at on it now that you're drinking? Uh it's it's uh I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's definitely got like a kind of that's a, good you know, light, like a good start. I know very critical analysis. <laughs> um, it's got a nice. Yeah, as a creative. So writer, on a scale, on a scale of one to ten. On a scale of one to ten, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting anyway. I'm getting the I'm getting the dry finish you mentioned. Um definitely feels like a like a saison. Um there was a beer I got heavily into over COVID that only came in one of the uh the champagne bottle style sizes that was costing me fifteen dollars a pop, but it's reminding yeah, me. Yeah, you're the kind of beer a, consumer I like to talk to. I'm normally not. I just got obsessed with this one. Um, and this is very much reminding me of that. That was a that was a that was like a five-five saison out of uh Kern County over here. I don't remember. It wasn't actually Kern, the Kern Kern River brewing people, but it was something up that way. Um no, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I think I might have mistook it for a sour if I didn't catch John babbling first. It got like very low. Oh, John, I love your writer friends. Um, I know I'm like really regretting. Like, thanks for coming on so that we can help you promote your book, James. Yeah, <laughs> always good catching up with you, pal. Well, I <laughs> love it. I love it. All these guys are so mean to you. Half the brewers are mean to me. All wait, 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 wait. I, that was an accurate description. You were babbling. That wasn't an insult. It was good babbling. It was useful babbling, but it was still babbling. Uh, <laughs> uh, Staten Island. Uh, I didn't think of it as an insult. Uh, anyway. Yeah, we Here? have different... We, I, 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 I'm, I'm out in LA. I'm, I thought I could speak freely. I didn't know you, can, yeah. you can. You can. Uh, I have bad news for you, though, James. Is Because it's wrapped in aluminum foil... And it's can shaped, and it came from Kennedy. I'm pretty sure it's a little more than fifteen dollars. Oh, so sure. you may be doing better with your your Not for cans, but yeah, for, for four pack. Every now and then, Justin leaves the uh, price tags on these beers, and John and I are like, "Wait, what the fuck?" Yeah, we don't we don't have the budget for this. <laughs> um, all, so, right, uh, all right, so, so where James, the real this? question is, where are you drinking this? 
Uh, I'm drinking this in the same room where I wrote the book. This is the guest bedroom. No, 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 no. This is embarrassing. You've been on the show. Yeah. So, so the idea the is guests without knowing what attention. this beer is, if you could be transported to a place with this beer in hand, where would be the ideal setting? Well, to enjoy well hold on. John, John's time. kind of overdoing it. James. The idea is if one of the thieves at home has this in their cellar and they're, overvaluing it by by you know waiting too long or undervaluing it it's in the back of the fridge where you would drink this in your mind is hopefully going to help them decide to open it or not open it today you know what i mean it's like it's like yeah but yours was inaccurate it was wonderful it was flourishy a little bit babbly but um why don't one of you guys go first and then james can follow yeah let me let, 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 let me like all good writers steal from your your concepts okay <laughs> so so mine's pretty easy and this keeps happening when we drink at home after a bike ride but i would like to just hang up on you guys go sit in my backyard alone and just sip this beer for an hour and and think things like wow. i feel like this is a nice light good autumny farmy that time of year drinking beer and that's where i'm at right it's a cool day here in jersey probably right around 70 sun's there leaves are going to change next week it feels like it feels seasonally appropriate to me and lovely for just breathing fresh air and drinking a nice beer in a chair maybe whittling some wood if you will I, I I feel like this would be a good one to spend, you know, the thirty five dollars on a on a four pack of it. Uh, pull it <laughs> Thanks, out of the Justin. Yeah, pull it out of the cooler uh, in the back of the car when you go uh, sunflower picking down at that farm in uh, in Central Jersey, and uh, <laughs> you just got you know the the three cans and and one hand trailing behind you and the one open can, and then uh, you know you just stroll around the the sunflowers drinking this. Nice. Right, I get the, I, I get the game and I do I'm a big post hike post exercise kind of drinker sometimes like I do like have a transition beer to the rest God, of my you are life. so LA I know I know I'm mutated I'm sorry anyway do you have a, do you have a standing desk too. yet do you have a standing no, desk no, yet? no 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 I don't hate I don't hate myself easy. <laughs> no he sits on one of those those uh, exercise those balls, balls. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Gaim ball seat but I could see this being I, I, I definitely became a, uh, a patio and reading drinker during the pandemic because the only outside was the short balcony off the apartment. Uh, this would probably be good, uh, good, uh, good reading beer. I would I would go with uh, chilling outside of the patio reading something. All right. We have one more beer coming up, James. You're going to have to do better than that for the next one around. All right, so like the next time it can be like as I solve the case, <laughs> right? Exactly. For the, the other extreme, like that—that's got to be the go-to move for the guy in your book, where he just carries an unopened beer around with him, and then when he solves it, he cracks it open. It's like no, the, when he the solves it, TV he realizes who, uh... it's not a twist-off, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the TV Some show where the guy would put the sunglasses on when he uh, when he would solve the crime. Your guy should just open up a beer. When he uh, when he solves it, and I have no idea what you're talking about, but to me it was the camel and the whatever from misery. Um, oh God, I'm your biggest fan. I'm your biggest fan. Speaking of biggest, you know what this beer is? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we got to do that part. I already started drinking beer too. <laughs> I haven't even gotten bad, gotten two out of the I'm fridge. I'm a bad yet, bad so. man. Yeah. <laughs> is, Go get it. It's really nice. I think you're gonna want to sip on two for a while. Go on with one. What's one? Ah, this is Arrowwood Farm Brewery up in uh, the Hudson Valley, Lower Catskills. The last two September's, I've spent um, camping up there. So I picked this up just to remind me of that time. This is called Whitfield Road Dry Hopped Farmhouse Grisette. It is four okay. point four point six percent alcohol. Uh, it's all New York grains, all New York hops, yeah. um, fermented dry with native yeast and stainless for four weeks. That's about all. Yeah, okay. I, I think we, we, we know it. This is, yeah, this is, and great. that would probably be while I, why I was thinking of Evan, right? Because, yeah, and John, they have a, they have a field of uh, sunflowers up there. Do they? Oh, yeah, John. <laughs> John, you are fucking one with the beer world. <laughs> Clearly. I don't know. My Facebook feed's been filled with like all of uh, the you know, friends with kids who are going down and, yes. you know, walking these sunflower seeds or sunflower uh, fields where, you know, everyone that you cut is 75 bucks or something like that. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know. No, it's, it's like four bucks a flower or something. But, you know, it's. it's yeah, but it's how really many seeds really are in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got to get the kill now i'm i'm and, pretty sure sunflower yeah. seeds are two dollars a pound so well, i mean somewhere there's a trade in here since you're cooking them yourself clearly no well, fascinating <sighs> Is all it- right james so so tell us about tell us about la drinking um do you said you said that the three two one last times you were in a bar we were three and the other two have to have been in new york if they were right around then right what did you do in la for all of fucking shutdown like i said mostly go crazy in this particular room um bars were pretty much everything was carry out i got um more or less was living out of the bottle shop down the block for me that was the closest to a bar experience you could get that is my local drinking spot they have um, about five or six carry out fridges so you were pretty much walking in there one at a time, bullshitting with one of the owners about beer for 10 or 15 minutes, buying six to eight to 10. I was overstocking a little bit at one point. Uh, I'm sure I'm not the only uh, guest. The whole world drink. was. Yeah. I can <laughs> show you the sales reports. Right. So so that was that was most of my bar experience for the better part of probably all of 2020. I don't I don't know if we went back to bars I think it might have been late 2020, that maybe November, maybe around Thanksgiving, they started letting bars be functional again. But yeah, there was a solid six months of just a lot of home drinking, a lot of home drinking while writing this book. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I guess the only other thing I, I really did to survive was uh, a <laughs> side, side mission to drinking was uh, I listened to an absurd amount of music. I guess that was my version of your Netflix thing. Yeah. I had a I had a small group of friends, uh, mostly from my half of them from my college radio station. We started a group chat and we're listening to one album a day for up still continuing now. So I probably oh, listen I like to that. an absurd amount of records. Uh, not always because it can be a trap. Some people will just throw in like a Will Smith record just to fuck with everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Did you want to hey. listen to Big Willie style for 24 hours? Did you? All the time. Uh, never no, don't want to hear big willie style nothing nothing nothing's abv is strong enough to make that statement what sure. was the album before big willie style with uh summertime on it was that i, I don't i don't have the will smith discography <laughs> memorized 
What was the that song "Summertime"? Yeah. Is like the greatest song ever. Uh, I, I mean, have, whatever. Bienvenido a Miami and Jiggy with Bienvenido a Miami and Jiggy with it are funny, but that summer, summer, summer time. That's my jam, yo. I like whatever. Whatever response I expected for that was not that. That's not yeah, it. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. But I'm stunned. Was there... it's, it's funny you say that though. The um, the the corner I feel I've turned in the last six, four six weeks, just kind of you know, approach to the day wise is marked with a leaving behind of TV and a picking back up of albums. Um, but obviously very different than what you're saying, but luckily um, Nas and J. Cole put out two of the greatest albums of the decade and Kanye oh, we, and Drake. Oh, we get to fight Kanye now. And Drake, we get to and fight Kanye now. I'm excited. put out the two worst albums in the decade see i thought i had a pretty so, fun question but now james wants to fight you so i'm just gonna well sit i am i, I am you've checked with me and you know i go don't on. so i so don't what go mistake to, are you about to make about j cole and nas uh, King I, I, first of all i love both nas and j cole let nas down is a dope song however the last call record sucks out your mind the, the 2021 that came out nope off season nope, that, that off season's garbage off season go to bed Worst record he's That's done. That's what you see yourself out. I mean, come All on. Right. Don't go chasing Sorry, waterfalls. Man. What the fuck is wrong with you? What, what, is, what do you think is wrong with that? I just, I, I don't know. Maybe it's, yes. I, you know what? I grew up in Jersey and I was a bit of an emo kid. So I liked more of like conscious, slower him of the last two records. You don't I, like I was, Let Go of My Hand? No, I don't like anything on this one. I was oh, in off season twice my. and never put it on again. Stop. You live in California. Sit down, have an edible, <laughs> listen to it one more time. Just stop. That's so. All right. I will allow that maybe this J. Cole record hasn't connected with you yet, even though it is def- even though it definitely won summer 2021. Just tell me you don't see anything redeemable in Donda or Billionaire Boys Club or whatever dumbass thing Drake called his no, I, I, I have, his mixtape he identified as an album. There is very little I will ever defend about Drake, and I'm not gonna make okay. Kanye opinions, but I would agree with you on the second half of that take for sure. Okay. Yeah, um, all right. And I like the um the, the King's Disease, uh the the, the twenty twenty Nas record I thought was really good too. I actually didn't know he put it See, on. See, what's funny is King's Disease one didn't connect with me. I didn't hate it or love it. I, it just wasn't my thing, except for when he gave you a prescription for gout in the middle of it, which cracked me <laughs> yeah. up. But um, but because of it, I kind of didn't listen to to two and then when you know the end of august hit and i was like all right cole won summer back in june and these two albums are trash somebody i somebody on my facebook page actually but a guy i always talked with talked to about beers like don't sleep on king's disease too so i threw it on kind of really emotionally destroyed by how much kanye let us down and I was like, oh, shit, this is really fucking good. And I've pretty much had it on constant rotation for two weeks. So good on you, Nas. Way to, way to keep it keep it fresh 35 fucking years later. All right. Anyway, I got right. to give that a shot after, the, after we did that. It's real good. There's a track on there with them and um, Eric and Parrish called EPMD. And it is, it's just old school enough, but just, you know, but current enough that I, I was like, wait, what happened here? And did did Eminem just say I'm like Rudolph when I make it rain, dear? Because that delighted me. Anyway, 
Um, John Hall, you had a question that wasn't rap on our wine podcast. What did you want to ask? Which is a mistake, by the way, John. It's a huge mistake. No, it was uh, when you were talking about drinking in L.A., because we had all these laws and rules that were lifted here. And for those first couple of months, it was the Wild West where, you know, my local at one point was just putting draft beer into those plastic quart containers to go or like mixing up cocktails and handing them through car windows to people with um, a little bit of tape where the straw goes. That yeah. With a little bit up. of tape. Yeah. Which, that was not, that was not motor vehicle safety right there. Anyway, go on. Right. But it was really good for, you know, single-handed use, but um, oh, you know, dude. one hand on the wheel, but rum punch was, was the season of rum punch. Anyway, go on. But LA with its, you know, uh, food scene, drink scene, where it likes to think that it is, you know, secure <laughs> in a lot of ways. Was there? It is. Were there? Go were there on. similar? Were there similar things happening there? Were there restaurants that were, you know, making foam to put in your mouth as uh, as you drove through the drive-through? Like, what was what was the yeah, drink that... scene like? Where there were, you know, when oh, there were John. no rules early on. Oh, I mean, we have foam, we have the... foam is a Spanish thing. It's not a California thing. Anyway, go on. We have the weather advantage. So obviously there was, as the year went on, there was a lot more outdoor space to the point the city was letting some bar. If you had a stretch that was, uh, my neighborhood is a good bar area. So they just kind of blocked off a lane of traffic and spread the tables into the street. Um, the They were doing a lot of the takeout cocktails. A lot of places were strongly marketing that to the point that uh, since we couldn't really go out, we were doing a lot of, uh, you know, trying to do like expensive date nights at home getting way too high end food delivered. And it got to the point that we had nothing else to do. I was getting sent on missions to West Hollywood out towards the beach, all of her cocktail spots to go get, you know, four Mason jars of whatever fucking gin cocktail that she was obsessed with that week. Um, so I became, I became personal postmates. It did get me away from the laptop and the book that was, you know, starting to talk to me in different voices. So that was nice. I love that. We got to go deeper into that. Like, Saturday I like loss, it. I like, well, so, so, but all the people I talk to lost our sanity drinking, right? So I like yeah. that there's a different version of it. I mean, I was drinking right? like, while I was doing this. It was a combination of factors. Well, so, so what I mean is for me, right? Because I, I drink a ton. I, I drink a ton by craft brewer standards. I like drinking. I think everybody should drink too much all the time. But that being said, I often drink while doing things like beer events or this podcast or cooking dinner or whatever and somehow because of covid's weird limitations it became you do one thing at a time safely and then like saturday night became the night we drank and me having an only thing i have to do is drink thing is way too far you know what i mean like like i need 50 other things to do or i literally will drink a beer every 10 minutes and that is yeah we, trouble we, we, we remember in. the zoom yeah that was good yeah somebody count the drinks i had on the zoom that ended with cognac i mean that Wait, so was fucking were you drunker than the pastry stout story because the pastry stout story still makes me laugh even though i only heard it that one time but... what's the pastry stout story weren't you like blacked out at a pastry stout festival and just guzzling like 13 abv stuff wandering around that was the last time i saw you I don't think yeah, that that's right black. Yeah. I don't think that's blacked out though. That's just me at a pastry stout thing. Okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> like I remember, cool. I remember that whole event because that whole event ends at a restaurant with steaks and wine. Um, it was the hell of a transition with a couple of my favorite people. We had so, I mean, yeah, that was 
yeah, a couple a couple of my friends and I, six of us hit uh, Pasquale, had a couple of steaks and three or four magnums of coat roti. And I think the night drove before home you had a rough night, though, Augie. Oh, that night. That's yeah, that was yeah. champagne. That was yeah. a pastry stout. I was drinking champagne and, and telling Garrett Oliver how he could make beer better. <laughs> how that how that go? Fantastic. Garrett's always happy for my input. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that story yeah. is I walk I walked through I like the flip it. side of that coin is every time you say that they're thankful for your input, I have text messages from these people saying the exact opposite. <laughs> where it's usually like, please come and collect your friend. <laughs> usually how those text messages go. But so so I I'm like, motherfuckers, the- I'm at home in bed. Like I, I am not, yeah. I think the high point of that that per, that night of drinking was after the pre-dinner, we showed up to other half the brewery to meet all the brewers doing this event. We just had a drink up. And all of my favorite brewers, including Garrett, but like JC was there, Pete Oates was there, Wakefield was there, Maria was there. All my favorite brewers were in this room and it was a gauntlet from front door back to the walk-in where the drinks were. And I literally walked through going, I hate you and I hate you and I hate you and I hate you. And then everybody had to ask me why they hated me. And that's why I was chugging stout all night. But um, yeah, we got in trouble at lunch and then that was dinner. Um, All right. So let's get back to John's really good question. John. Yeah. What's your really good question? No, he already asked, asked it about the drinking scene. Yeah. Wait, so, that so was, was the good one? So I thought it, that was, it was a warm-up. It, so it was essentially mason jars of cocktails in LA for example. I like that it was gin cocktails, though. Those are those are those are deep trauma cocktails. I like yeah. a gin cocktail. And that's her right, so that, that's her go-to. All right, beer tell two. Her, tell her to find South Sides. Fine, Justin. Push us. Beer two. Sweet, pretty. Um, there was a weird calcium milk thing in the first sip that went the complete complete other way to super dry soft water with dark malts in it does that make sense yeah i i I mean it's 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 almost like a light brown sugar candy syrup or light brown sugar simple syrup um I think it's definitely malt because I think what's going on here is the shell, not the husk, but the shell of the roasted barley. I think it's reacting with the water in some way. And I think that's that, that real, that, that edge of stony dryness. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that this beer has the addition of syrup, but that's the way that the malts and and the water profile are presented. It's it's very sweet. Very it's sweet, but it's also very smooth, and it's got like this little bit of like a velvety texture. Um, you know, it's got this really you know nice noble hop character to it as well, like a little bit of like this like earthy, um, you know, slightly bitter, but like in a yeah. really fun pleasing way. Like this is, I I, I don't know, like it's getting. It, I'm getting honey. I'm getting. It's yeah. very smooth, almost like it's it's not boozy to the direction of strong, but it has a little bit of that on the. Yeah. finished there's it, almost a little heat in the back yeah. um yeah it's definitely higher than the last one but it's also yeah. got it's got a really nice i like your honey note 
to give the to give a bottom to what I'm experiencing because I was kind of like it somehow walks between like cocoa powder, like not chocolate, but cocoa powder and you know, we caramely get that note kind now of and stuff. again, and it's always a specific malt when we're getting that like cocoa powder thing. And right. What I'm saying is it it as it presents between all the things we're saying, kind of gently walks from caramel to cocoa and then back down to caramel, right? It's the malts yeah. never go past that very bottom edge. And I like the honey edition because it's like it goes honey, caramel, chocolate, caramel, honey, caramel, chocolate. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really carefully. And then I think the hops you were talking about, which I hadn't really perceived till you said it, plus the the you know that that super soft water, you know, like yeah. I, I feel it. I feel like if you just went all Pilsner malt in this, you'd have a spot on german hells you know what i mean like a like a like the the malts are what's make it different so in my head it's like a martzen because it's so sweet but i guess it could be somebody's oktoberfest um it's, it's got the the it's the, the, i've been drinking a lot of um brewery west's bear ears is their martzen and it's awesome and it's got some similarity to that i also randomly bought a mead last week and i think it's giving me a little bit of that Ooh. energy um i don't know if we allow the word crushable on this podcast, but I oh, also we love drank, crushable. I drank three, is, I drank three quarters of this and don't know how that happens. <laughs> we usually made it for giant stouts and barley wines. Yeah, this is we disappearing almost, rapidly in front of me. Yeah, yeah. this no, is the this, kind of this, shit we crush. This, this yeah. has to be in. This is like one of those ones where if you're stopping into a place and they they have half liters or liters. You order the half liter just thinking, all right, I'm not going to be sticking around for too long. And about five sips into the half liter, you're already thinking about your next beer, which has to be a liter. The last the last Martin I had was Ashley's and it wasn't this sweet, but you can tell from the bottle because we had to use a bottle opener. It's either European or very old school American craft. So I'm guessing it's European and I'm guessing it's somebody's legitimate German, you know, this time of year. Right? Yeah, is built the for right this time, time of year. Martin, but it, there's something just about the more I keep thinking about the smoothness of this body where there is no the carbonation like isn't as robust for some of those, you know, Fespiers, Martins, whatever. Um, it's just not quite there with it. Huh. Um, but all the flavors are there. But like, yeah, I'd love I just like, a, like a touch more carbonation for some reason. But that's yeah, just my my only note is it dries out. I think almost too dry. Yeah. Like right now, I haven't had a sip for a while, and I am just fucking stones on my tongue. Like just just calcium and just soft water, <laughs> little gray pebbles from somebody's pretty garden. Wow. Um, you guys are good. Is that granite? I guess that's granite. Some stellar imagery. Um, I, 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 I will second Augie on that, though. There is, as much as I'm enjoying it, there is a little bit of like sandpaperishness popping up on my tongue towards the end of it. Yeah. I think, but that's good if, if you're John's leader situation, right? Because if you can keep pouring it in your mouth, yeah, that it's not going to develop. Yeah. Pushes that to the back, <laughs> right? Right. You're, if we you're were staying ahead Oktoberfest, of it, you're staying ahead of it, swallow by swallow. Yeah. If we were at the Oktoberfest and this was our mug, we would be Oktoberfesting our fucking asses off in about an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> right. We we would be the high five American crew. 
There's no way we're not zigzagging after fucking two liters of this shit. <laughs> I'm, um, going to, I'm going to an Americanized Oktoberfest event after we finish this, so this should make for an interesting day. Well, you should, if you can get more of this, if this is a universally available beer, I would bring this, you know, and be like, all right, hold on, let's see if we were right. And I well, no, think you're you doing are. this at, you're, you're going to a brewery's Oktoberfest, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not, yeah. They frown upon bringing in the outside. We love beer. it when you bring other people's beer because you think <laughs> it'll improve the experience. There's nothing better than that. I mean, they Definitely were really, do that. they were really happy when I name dropped them the last time I was on here. So I might get a little special privileges. I don't know. Who is it? It was you guys again. Uh, it's not a brewer. It's a hot, it's a, my local bottle shop that also sometimes oh. brews beer as hot merchant. Um, okay. We used to have a lot of those in the, on this coast, especially in Brooklyn. And I think they're now all out of business. That's extremely unfortunate. Um, yeah, it was tough. Wait, did you, did you go in and tell them that you were on the podcast to try to get that, that sweet <laughs> employee that, discount or a hundred percent? Oh, okay. What is it? What is it? Hashtag press trip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> tag junket. Yeah. Hashtag junket. Press hashtag. Junket. Hashtag. Dropped your name on STB. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's let's reveal whose fucking milk stout is it. Ah. So what is it, guys? You see it? Yeah. I haven't unwrapped it yet. It's so far away from me. This right is now. our favorite. <laughs> this is our favorite Pilsner producer. This is Rothhouse. This is their Meritzen. Their so their Oktoberfest uh, beer. It's Zapful. The original Black Forest Martin. It's really pale, though. I don't know. I'm pouring it in yeah. the glass now. It's right, really well, I think it's just I don't more know. regionality than actual like color scheme. It doesn't yeah. taste pale. Oh, what, it how pale yeah. is it when you say it's super pale? How pale it's is for, it? I don't know if you have any left, but it's. Dude, it's so. Everything is so far away. I rode 110 miles before I, this. You're asking I, me to get I still up have some. Around. I still have some of the farmhouse. The farmhouse is paler than this. Yeah. yeah. Well, it Boy, should be, right? I just pour this into a glass. This is clear as a bell. Hold on. I'm, I've, I've gotten myself a shipwreck highball glass that I can pour straight into. That's and gorgeous. it is crystal clear with a nice thick base. Holy shit. Right? Yeah. It's that very clear. That, it's, that could be a Pilsner. It's golden. It's not straw color. Right, so, 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 thieves at home. This is the one I always call the eight bit bottle um, yeah. and it's rot house brow, I guess. And it's ice zopful. Their original black forest Martson. Um, I think you need to buy this not only cause it's a lovely beer, although I do think it dries out too fast. The color is like Coors banquet color. It's yeah. 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 And this beer is making the rounds and, uh, in especially Pacific or, uh, the, the East coast right now. Is it okay? Yeah, it's a good one. And since since James is actually going to a bottle shop, if they have it, James commit. Yeah, triple I will, down. I will go in if they have this. Ask for it. I, th- I think this is a three seventy five, so it takes three to make a liter. It comes Start in a mask. six. Uh, it comes in a six pack. Wow, wow. that's yeah. awesome. it's a super tasty beer. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if I wonder if the reason. I wonder if the reason I think it's drying out is because they so clearly. <laughs> Wait, what happened to the sound? Uh, just weird noises. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I wonder if it's so clear because they just did like a bag of whatever makes it sweet. And maybe that's why it feels so dry. Yeah. So interesting not to, I don't know when else we would talk about this until we get Ashley on again. But 
um, and James, I hope you find this interesting, but interesting to me, and I think to the thieves, is when we were out there, we in really Denver did, at Beerstadt Lager House. Yes, we really did drink a fuck ton of Ashley's uh, hell her Rauk beer. Yes, we and really did. It really was fucking exceptional and fun to drink by the liter or two liter boot. Tons of it. And Ashley said, you know, that the whole trick for her and, and she she'd been told this or whatever she figured it out. But the entire grist for the whole fucking thing was smoke malt. Yeah. And it was a lot less smoky than a lot of smoked beers I have. So now all of a sudden I'm really interested in these ratios. Like in my head, the way to keep a beer from getting too smoky is throw a bag out of 12 of smoked malt in. And Ashley's of the opinion that the actual trick is just go all the way and that it somehow evens itself out. And that's the dovetail guys uh, have said the same thing that like, you know, their, their grist on their Rauk is something like 97% smoked yeah. malt. I and still got to go like a little bit of like dovetail, guys. Yeah, we got it. We got to do steal this beer Chicago soon, man. I fucking. I was talking about them with other people that don't even know beer, but they're Chicago people. I was like, okay, so we'll go to Dovetail. And they're like, the fuck? I was like, that's that's what we're doing next time I come to Chicago. So get on board or get out of the way. Um yeah, this this is this is a nice uh different area on the smoke spectrum. I don't drink a ton of beers that would be described as smoke. I briefly got obsessed with a uh, Ennegrin with the right the rice the the meat beers, the rice beers. <laughs> that, that like that 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 beer that's got like basically brisket in it. I was drinking yep. a lot of for about a month. Um and then went away from this is a nice this is nice at least to kind of remind me of that without making me feel without like without the smoke. barbecue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right on. Well, we've gone way over as we do, and we've got somebody waiting. But Jamie, I want to James, I want to say James. thanks for coming. Um, good times. Nice to catch up again, and and that went super smooth. And I hope hope at least one thief reads your book, and I will yeah, remind them remind them of the the name it. of the book again. Yeah, when do it's all that. Available. Yeah, uh, thieves. The book is called All These Ashes. It comes out from Paulus Books and available wherever books are sold on October twelfth. Uh, Michael Connolly liked it. So if you like crime novels, he tends to know if they're good. So I would hope you also enjoy it. Right on. All right. Nice. So it's time for if Cass, are you done with your shower yet? Or should I? Yeah. Do the... All right. So do all the things. Yeesh. But I want to remind people before <laughs> Cass does his thing. Uh, this show is brought to you by you. The Patreons do amazing shit for us. And we very much appreciate it. And. You know, we need them. So if you're not a Patreon, the fuck is wrong with you? Be a Patreon. Um, if you are a Patreon, thank you. Um, and don't forget, I feel like so, you know, I love to flirt with Alex Kidd. I feel like they ran away from us on five star Apple reviews. And I still think we have more listeners than they do. So stop being fucking lazy. Go on Apple and give us five stars. Um, wow. And after that, it'll be fine. I just want to make fun of Alex because we're higher than him, but I think he's higher than us. So fuck me, right? Um, Cass, now you do the part. That was a journey. That was a journey you just <laughs> took us on. Thank you. I'm there for yeah. you, buddy. Yep. Yep. Patreon.com slash steal his beer. Thank you. Uh, what, <laughs> about, us, what about writing us letters and stuff? Oh, I don't yeah. Even know steal this beer podcast. Yeah, steal this beer podcast at gmail.com. We have not had a letter in a while. You know, no, even if I it's hate mail, send right? that shit. Justin, we have we'll a letter, letter for the next episode. Well, we ran over with James, so I didn't ask because I didn't want to make the show longer with a letter. Yeah, we'll have some but, next episode. So we do have a letter, though, right, yep, Justin? Yep, yep. So we'll do it on the next episode. Mm -hmm. But we need letters, people. Yeah.
send that shit. And then uh, <laughs> follow us on all social media. Is that steal this beer? Uh, see what we're drinking and Justin's toe on uh, this episode <laughs> of uh, Untapped. <laughs> Yeah, just, just thanks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That's a good one. Oh, and one more thing while I'm at it. Tell a friend to listen to us, whether they like beer or not. Get them to listen to the show, and we need more feedback from non-beer people. Anyway, uh, that's it. James, thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks, pal. All wonderful. And, uh, no